you actually really need a marketeer because why are you getting people to come in right now when you need to build the funnel before you start closing that funnel, right? Like closing those leads. Welcome to the Fractional Edge podcast, the ultimate podcast where we unlock the power of workforce planning and discuss the rapidly growing fractional executive staffing strategies to supercharge your business. Meet your hosts, Carol Fraser, a workforce planning expert, fractional chief human resources officer, and founder of C4 Talent. And Jason Hewitt, the sensei of marketing, fractional chief marketing officer, and founder of Fifth Degree Marketing. We'll bring you insights from seasoned pros, inspiring success stories, and actionable strategies to optimize your valued workforce. Don't miss this chance to upgrade your business with top industry leaders in today's competitive landscape. So tune in and learn how to unleash your competitive edge. Welcome everyone to the Fractional Edge podcast. My name is Carol Fraser. I am the CEO of C4 Talent and a fractional CHRO. With me today is my co-host, Jason Hewitt, who is a fractional CMO, Chief Marketing Officer. And our guest today is Cameron. Cameron, please introduce yourself and tell the audience a little bit about you. Hi, my name is Cameron Johnson. I am a CRO or maybe a little bit better known in the UK um, and region around here, CCO, um, more focused on commercial or, or sales. Um, over the years, I've definitely seen the, the kind of need to elevate to more of a CRO. I'm very in tune with a lot of the, the US kind of dynamics around this and the fractional run. So yeah, I've, I am a consultancy owner, had my own consultancy for nearly four years now. And early on, I really noticed the kind of the way that trends are moving. And, and as a bit of a, a strategist and visionary myself, um, I thought, okay, well, let's start. Let's not go and call myself a sales consultant like everyone else locally. Let's, let's call myself a revenue consultant because I need to elevate my game. So, yeah. So at the moment, I have a company called Revenue, spelled extremely strangely, R-E-V-N-U, just because all of the other brands are taken. Um, and then I feel like it's a, a rocket and I work a startup, so it looks quite cool and there. Uh, I, I like it anyway. So yeah, I have a sales and marketing consultancy or revenue consultancy, um, focus on working clients all over the world. I live in Bristol and all the way since the start, I have worked with companies in the US and in Europe, in Africa, and never really worked locally. So I'm starting to figure that out now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I should live in the US. I spent my last three years or so just in US communities working with US companies. So. Yeah, wonderful. The um, uh, So first off, when you make it over here, uh, we can meet Carol out in New York. That's where she's based out of. Uh, I think that'd be a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> Cameron, can you give us... Lovely. There's, um, you know... The role of a CRO has uh, gained a lot of popularity over the years here, especially in the States, uh, fractionally, especially. And uh, just to give the audience a little bit of context, can you give us go back in time just a little bit? And how did you how did you get into the field? So I, I massively come from a sales background, um, started within like rep and then manager, then director, then um, work my way up in, in that role. I've always worked in very small companies, um, got, got into kind of acquisitions as they go through. Um, so I was always focusing on that, but I always had a keen eye on other areas like working really closely with marketing, 
back then customer success was more about account, account management and kind of servicing the customers. So when I, when I first started, I was doing a lot of it all and actually coming from the cybersecurity world, you were very, very lucky to get any marketing. <laughs> so you kind of had to go and do your own. Um, so even though I focus very much on sales, when I, when I started my own consultancy, I was like, okay, where am I really going to focus? What I'm passionate about? I saw the area that I can really deliver, but actually the skill set that I've, I've built over the years. And I just finished my executive MBA, which I studied in San Francisco, London and, uh, Shanghai, which was very interesting. I got to go past New York on the way back, which was lovely. <laughs> Wow, that's uh, very impressive. Yeah, and so um, with everything you have on your plate, uh, I'm impressed that you had a time to get an MBA. Uh, not not an easy feat. So congratulations. It's don't worry. That was a long time ago. It's 2019. It, I was. It was very much. That's not that hard. There was very much a plan around it. Don't worry. <laughs> I, I did the MBA knowing that I was going to move from a, a manager director level role in the business to kind of do my own thing and then kind of elevate myself. Uh, into more of a, a director slash board level type mm. person. You know, I, I'm on a coaching and mentoring qualification course and stuff like now. So some things happen by accident, but some things are, are part of that, that grand plan. I love it. I love it. So how did you pivot from working in, you know, cybersecurity industries and, and working in sales and as a full-time employee, how did you pivot into fractional? So it was, it was intentional and unintentional at the same time. So I worked for a company called Zero Day Lab, really great company, worked in the UK, uh, lived two minutes around the corner from the founders. So I was really close to the founders um, who were from a sales and operational background. They wanted to explore going to the US and stuff like that. But <clears throat> when I joined them, I said, like, you will be the last company I work for. You know, I really want to learn from you. I've always got... CEO kind of mentorship wherever I've gone. Um, and I basically knew that I wanted to go, but I just got caught up in just the cycle of sales, if you will, year after year, going again and again and again. And then something just hit me like, I need to do something because I'm just getting extremely bored doing the same thing over and over again. Um, so, yeah, as as part of that, Halfway through, or about two thirds away through that company, I went and did an MBA so that I could then kind of look to explore like what the next move would be. Um, I gave my resignation in before I started my own business. Um, obviously, there's a time period to, to lapse, but I started my business in February 2020. As you know, probably not the best time to do it. Um, I, I didn't think when I gave my resignation in many months beforehand that that I didn't even know COVID existed. Um, I came out and I had a friend actually in my MBA who came to me and said, I'm a tech guy, you're a sales guy, let's go and build a company with another company's funding. So we went, we started that. That was my first ever consulting gig and I was the commercial director in that business and I just naturally started bringing in my kind of passion and experience of going and hiring a CMO, going getting a digital agency, going getting a website done, work with Indicom and stuff like that to start just doing those those little bits. Um, and actually the company I worked for that I left, they hired me back over that period of time because it was COVID and they felt they felt bad for me. Little did they know I had maybe the three or four other clients on at the same time um, doing the more more kind of elevated stuff I wanted. I was more kind of handing over 
um, a lot of the stuff that we were working on before and helping them transition with some of the enterprise customers that they're working on. So, yeah, I was kind of planned, but then a little bit of luck. Um, and everyone said that like, COVID was the worst time of life, et cetera. And like, it was horrible. And it, like, it's, it's nothing that people should, should have to live through. Um, but for me, the way I am as a person and my kind of my, my quirks and my, and my skill set, it was, it was really, really good because I spent literally the whole time not connected to any social platform, not watching any news, just working, 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 working. Um, and it gave me the time to learn more, do a CRO course through Pavilion or what used to be called Revenue Collective, um, do a bunch of courses here and there, do a CMO course so I can actually really understand more around how a CMO thinks, works and operates. Um, and through COVID, it kind of didn't matter where in the world you lived as long as you could deliver something. Uh, and I had some I had some skills that people thought, okay, that looks good. Uh, how do we use him? So that was uh, that was my journey over in the, you know, going from full-time into in the fractional. So I'm curious, you said uh, you, your quirks, um, which kind of was like, I think about quirks as the differentiator a lot of times, because if you're trying to mesh and click with your fractional, it's those quirks that people go, God, that's why I really like working with that guy. <laughs> so I'm curious when you are, kind of trying to get yourself out there and you're selling your value prop, you know, what is it that you're going to be able to bring to a client um, that maybe they didn't even realize that they needed? Because we all know CEOs think, you know, especially founders can do all of it, right? I can do all the things. But then when you bring somebody in who really has an expertise, you're like, oh, I didn't even know that was a question I should ask. So I'm curious of like, you know, what differentiates you besides your cute quirks, I'm sure, um, to to really help out organizations as a fractional CRO? Yeah, so over the years, I've been kind of exploring that, right? Because I just went super busy. I was like, what do I actually do? I don't even know what I do. What is my value proposition? I'm just I'm there to help out. It's, it's kind of where I kind of, I naturally went to and a lot of purpose kind of driven thoughts around like, what is my value, you know, as, as a human to the planet and to, to clients and stuff. Working in cybersecurity and a lot of my clients initially were in cybersecurity and I had to really make an effort to move outside of cybersecurity because that's where most of my time has been spent. Um, working in that, I've, I picked up a real good knack of helping, uh, create outbound campaigns and running outbound bound teams and, uh, and growing businesses from like one or two reps to 10, 15, you know, from, from that kind of early stage onwards. And every time I went into a company, then they got acquired into a large one, into a larger. It's like, okay, well, get me back into the small, let me grow the small. Um, I think I started identifying that that's my area. I like, I like building the first teams. I like helping companies that can do outbound or want to do outbound. Um, and then I actually use that skill to move into fintech and martech actually. Um, companies that have blessed with a lot of what well, SaaS companies, right? Who are blessed with, um, a lot of inbound actually stripe and funnel and others i worked with they just didn't have outbound skill set at all so i could then go and look at inbound companies and say well i'm from the cyber world a lead is like christmas um and we, you have to make your own here's a here's a here's a yellow pages here's 
bunch of data, go for it. Um, so actually then using that kind of that superpower fuel or that skill set to then pivot out to other industries say, well, actually, you're really good at inbound. I can help you do to outbound. So it was very much focused around that very tactical skill set. But then like if I kind of bring back why I was in more senior level positions and I think it kind of goes to my quirks and like who I am as a person, like I'm sure we're, we're all on the spectrum in one way, shape or form. I, I, I'm dyslexic and I'm sure there's other things. My wife says I got ADHD and the like, but uh, when I can afford the test, I will. <laughs> I'm sure I've, I think I just have like personality quirks that the people kind of like and get to like. And with, uh, with some clients, I can work with them because I'm dyslexic and I get how they think and we can kind of engage really well. And I think what a, a kind of, a skill set or a soft skill behind a lot of value that I deliver is the fact that I, I'm always curious. I'm always trying to find a solution to a problem. Always. I'm always trying to problem solve. So that can kind of really elevate from just delivering an, a tactical outbound campaign to like, okay, well, what is the bigger picture here? Um, and quite recently I've just done some GC index and the wealth dynamics uh, type tests and turning out to be a star or a, a strategist slash playmaker. So that's kind of where that that higher level thinking or the higher level value is where my clients are connecting. And, and I can't give you a straight answer right now because I'm still trying to figure out what my value proposition is. But from what, I, from what I see, I think it's I have expertise in certain fields. I can help with some sort of areas that are quite difficult, but at the same time I can go into a business and just look at certain areas and be like, okay, well, this needs fixing, this needs fixing. And I kind of stole something from the cybersecurity world. <clears throat> In cybersecurity, it's all governance driven, etc. There's this thing called ISO 27001. You guys have NIST, which is ISO on steroids, we used to say. Um, so ISO 27001, when a company wants to do that, you do a gap analysis. Where are you now? Where do you need to be? People, process, technology. I copied that whole thing and I went to sales and I was like, okay, you're at 1 million, you want to get to 5. You're at 0, you want to get to 1. What do you have in place? What people do you have? What processes? What technology? What are you using right? What are you using wrong? And how can I problem solve to help you get the right things in place for the size that your business at? I would never go to a business that is 20 million plus because I have no idea what that looks like. But I've operated in that in that 0 to 5, 0 to 10, and quite lucky through COVID, uh, really, really good CRO called James Ierson. I don't know if you've had him on, but if you get a chance to his CRO at Funnel, learn a lot from him um, and actually gave me that opportunity to work with a company that's going from 10 to 20 and actually seeing like where the operational efficiencies and the problem solving mindset aligned with that skill of teaching outbound to, to teams that needed to really learn that, understand that and put that into their, their day-to-day processes. Cameron, so please cut in. Yeah, no, no. This is great. So um, I have so many questions. One is I really appreciate your self-awareness um, because I always think there's very few things in life that, that don't change. <laughs> I mean, most things do change. And so um, what I'm getting a, is a sense of awareness. And the value prop uh, is kind of, in my opinion, like a balance sheet. So, yeah, as we grow and we gain more skills and become more valuable, that value prop should shift. So don't feel bad about not having that locked in. Um, I relate very well to what you're saying. 
Um, so one question I have is, uh, I'm a marketing guy, and uh, so I'm really curious, uh, and I'll let Carol jump into the HR side because I know she's got a, a lot of questions for you. How do you typically work with CMOs? Um, can you describe kind of that relationship to our viewers? Yeah, so sometimes I think maybe like the traditional way is wrong, and it just makes me laugh quite a bit because it's like sales marketing. You know, it's your fault, it's your fault. Locking heads, but it's just, just silly. Um, what I worked with a guy called Yusos, uh, the um, VP of marketing at Funnel. Amazing guy. One of his kind of quotes and references is like, uh, my process around aligning sales and marketing is is something that he just said was great to do. And he, he said something a bit nicer that I, that I probably can't recall. But <clears throat> I kind of when it when it's in that position, it is I've either had to bring someone in from that level who is a CMO or a marketing leader or a director. Um, I've been in some positions where I'm actually in a gig and I'm like, you don't need me. It's the wrong person because you focused, you want to see a but you focus more on like a, a VP of sales. So I, I kind of dropped down to that level when needed. Um, you actually really need a marketeer because why are you getting people to come in right now when you need to build the funnel before you start closing that funnel, right? Like closing those leads. Um, so I've been in cases where I'm like, this is, you wanted me for the next 12 months. I should not be here. I've done my three months set up you need to get this other person and then at the right time you need someone like me to come in and then take over or you need like a very uh, more of an advisory level person in place um, which I'm slowly kind of navigating to. Um, I have been in positions where sales and marketing have just been biting heads. Um, I think marketeers are amazing. Like stuff you do is like magic to me. Um, I, I love bringing people in who can actually just do that and say, okay, well, we need this whole strategy. We need to have inbound, outbound. We need to have multi-channel. We need to be making sure that we're talking to our customers in the right way. Here's a, you want me to do a sales deck? You're probably better to help build a sales deck because you know, you'll be able to bring up the messaging from it uh, and working together on that sense. And, and one big thing that, um, I jump around a bit. So apologies. It's the way I think. Um, one thing that I got from, from user was like, we were working on trying to tell the rest of the kind of commercial function, sales, marketing, customer success. We built a revenue uh, council that, that had all these in to kind of explain to them like why we're doing what we're doing and people in team, why we're making different changes. And we looked at like um, functions as vectors. And we're saying like, if marketing is going in this direction, sales in this direction, customer success in this direction, even if you're off by like a small percentage, it could lead to like 20, 30% uh, inefficiencies or lack of productivity because you're not, you're not kind of fully aligned and actually bridging that gap by understanding what an MQL is. You know, if you're, if you're doing um, called uh, CTA type stuff on the website that then goes to an SDR that then moves through the pipeline. Then you bring content in and the MQL is, um, if the, the MQL is at the same weighting and is a class of the same thing, that's completely wrong. Actually, you need a different, you need a weighting system for that, making sure that that conversation to the SDRs and then to the AEs is kind of translated so that each part understands why they're doing what they're doing. Um, and actually, you know, if you're going to do a massive content plan, put that plan together, but then share that with the sales team because the sales team might have something that they give, give you from the front line that could be really relevant to the content you're pumping out and then like accounts, account-based marketing or something we then kind of move into as well. So yeah, I, long story on that is 
CMOs love working with. I think what we do is amazing. I wish I could have more within my consultancy company to to help deliver that for clients. Um, and, I, and I'm now kind of bringing on CMOs, CROs, and other kind of fractional leads because I see that that requirement from the customers, and I, I identify even though I can act as a CRO, there are better people to actually run those functions at the level that are that are needed within my client set because. There's lots of arguments to say actually CROs for the stage of companies that I work with not is not relevant, and that's a big topic we, we could go into. Um, but yeah, I think we just need to. Uh, the way that we used to work at Button Heads is stupid. We're all there to make money for the business, so we can get paid, and everyone else can get paid, and we're doing a job that we love. We need to be working together. We need to collaborate. So whether it's a CRO who's leading it or a CMO who's leading the commercial functions, I don't care just as long as everyone's kind of rowing in the same direction. Thank you for tuning in to The Fractional Edge. We hope you enjoyed our insightful discussions and feel inspired to unleash your competitive edge. Remember to like, share, and subscribe to stay updated with the latest episodes. You can also connect with our podcast guests to benefit from their expertise and explore collaboration opportunities by visiting our website, thefractionaledge.com. Join us next time as we continue to explore the power of workforce planning and fractional executives in today's competitive business landscape. Until then, take care and keep growing.